0: Welcome to Inside the BACB, the official podcast of the Behavior Analyst Certification Board. In this episode, Drs. Melissa Nausek and Molly Luke discuss the recent publication of the BACB's first RBT handbook and answer frequently asked questions about the RBT certification. Hello, everyone. I am Melissa Nausek, the Deputy CEO at the BACB, and will be your host for this episode of Inside the BACB. Today we will talk about the first RBT certification handbook and we'll be elaborating on answers to frequently asked questions about RBTs as well. It is a pleasure to welcome Dr. Molly Luke, our Director of Certificate Services to the show today. Uh, Molly oversees the most critical functions at the organization, uh, customer service and application processing, and mostly everything RBT. Uh, Molly, could you briefly introduce yourself before we get started?
1: Yeah. I received my PhD in behavior analysis at the University of Nevada, Reno, where I specialized in organizational behavior management, or OBM. And I started at the BACB in 2015, actually in the ethics department to develop their coaching system. Since then, I was the director of operations for two years, and my current position is the director of certificate services, as Melissa mentioned. So I guess I have worked in almost all of the departments at the BACB. I guess that goes back to your very first podcast, uh, Melissa, and the first podcast of the BACB about the amount of growth and changes that have happened in the field and at the BACB over the past several years. Uh, In my current position, I oversee a few teams, including customer service and applications, which by themselves includes around 25 staff.
0: Yeah, Uh, Those 25 staff, Molly, they include your customer service and applications team, right? Right. What that means, so you also oversee our appeals and audit team as a part of the Certificate Services Department. And in total, those employees encompass about 30% of the entire organization, which is pretty substantial. Right. With that said, thanks so much for being here with us. I think the natural starting place uh, is to start talking about the new RBT handbook. Uh, So to provide some context for everybody, credentialing bodies often have a handbook for people uh, that are either seeking or maintaining their credentials so that everything is is in one neat, tidy document. Uh, The BACB hasn't had handbooks until now, and this is the first of those to be published. We're pretty excited about it because uh, the information contained in the handbooks currently resides on the text on our website because we're required to have it there. Uh, but now with this new resource, we will be able to tidy up the website as well and make it more user-friendly. Uh, so Molly, could you provide us with an overview of the content of the handbook?
1: Yeah, I'm happy to, because I, I do think that the handbook is going to be a fantastic resource for our applicants, RBTs, and RBT supervisors and requirements coordinators. Um, it covers everything from what the RBT credential is, how to become an RBT, preparing for and taking the exam. There's several links to ethics documents that are relevant for RBTs, um, information about how to maintain your certification. So that also does mean that the supervision requirements document, which is currently a separate document, will now be folded into the handbook as well. Uh, We will also have a glossary and a documents and resources section. So really everything you need is in one place or at least easily accessible from one place. That's awesome. Um, We do have a few other features that I'm really excited about as well. Uh, We have step-by-step instructions for applying and renewing your certification, more visuals. Um, We also have some call-out boxes with frequently asked questions and links to resources where relevant. And finally, we have a few new sections and some content that is slightly new from what you currently have seen on the website. So for instance, we have a section on what to expect after passing the exam. We also have added a little more clarity to our supervision section, specifically around audits and what supervision documentation is required in the event of an audit.
0: That's really helpful. So that is really a broad overview of the contents of the new RBT Handbook. So we do update documents pretty regularly as we receive standards changes or standards change. Could you tell our listeners how they will be notified when there is an updated version of the RBT Handbook so that they can be using the most current information?
1: Right. Yeah. So we will be sending an email to everyone that's in our system when there have been updates to the handbook. And at this point, we're planning on doing a quarterly update as needed to the handbook. Um, A really great feature to the handbook is that... All of the changes will be clearly identified um, in that handbook. So you can tell what has changed since the last version.
0: Oh, that's great. That is one of of the things that is really important when you have such a comprehensive document. If there are only a couple of minor changes, you want those to really stand out to the readers so that they know exactly what has changed about it and they can reflect it in their practice. Right. Uh, Okay. So that was really helpful. So we're going to move on from the handbook at this point and talk a little bit about recently occurring questions in RBT land here at the BACB. Uh, So Molly, the new standards went into place in November 2019. And since then, your applications team has encountered some pretty routine errors or uh, uh, holdups in the application process. Can you elaborate on them a little bit and help, help people to understand why they happen and provide some solutions?
1: Yeah, so as you mentioned, we have seen uh, more issues with the 40-hour training after the new requirements went into effect in November. So as most of you know, one of the new requirements is that RBT applicants receive the uh, training based on the new training curriculum that's based on the RBT task list second edition. So we are still receiving some training certificates that do not indicate that the training was based on the second edition, So my biggest tip is if you are about to take the RBT 40-hour training or you're providing the training, really make sure that that training meets the current requirements and that your training certificate indicates such by including a statement on that certificate that says this was based on the RBT task list second edition. And just a word of caution, um, we do actually look at the training materials to ensure that it meets the new requirements. If, for example, we deny a first edition training certificate and then the applicant comes back with a second edition training certificate for that same training period.
0: So the lesson here is make sure that your 40-hour training is documented on the correct training certificate. It sounds like what has happened during the transition period is people are submitting first edition certificates with dates on them. And then when they're denied, they're submitting the second. They're just putting that same information on a second edition certificate, which is leading to a flag at which our application processing team is then reviewing curriculum to make sure that it
1: meets the second edition requirements. Right, because, and that's a really good point because it's hard for us to know was that just a typo and it actually was a second edition? Or was the actually the first edition and they just rewrote it over? So that's one of the important reasons why we actually look at the training materials to confirm.
0: That's a really helpful tip. So before submitting your certificate, make sure you've received second edition training and it's on the right certificate so that there aren't any holdups in the process. So another common question we receive about the 40-hour training is where applicants can find good training. I thought you might have some guidance for them on that.
1: Yeah, actually, um, I have some guidance, but also our handbook has some guidance. So while the BACB does not provide this training, you can find a 40 hour training program in a couple different places. Um, First is maybe within your agency. A lot of agencies and supervisors design their own in-house training, which they provide to new hires or um, current staff. Another option is through a training company. And so there's quite a few training companies out there that offer both live and online courses. And then the final option um, is through university coursework. And so There are several university programs that embed this training within their courses and offer a a training certificate through the coursework so that people can become an RBT while they work on their BCBA or BCABA certification. And something else I did want to mention that we just... Uh, announced in one of our recent newsletters, is that starting um, in 2020, we are going to start tracking pass rates for 40-hour trainings and posting those on our website. So this will be another fantastic resource for applicants to figure out what training providers um, they might want to go to. That's going to be a really helpful
0: resource too, because it'll essentially be like the pass rate document, but for RBT 40-hour training. Right. Uh, Awesome. So what guidance do you have for the actual RBT applicants to avoid any delays in their application uh, besides ensuring the accuracy of their training certificate, as you mentioned
1: earlier? It's a great question. If I had to pick my top three tips, it would be first to create your own BACB account and complete the application yourself. So this might seem a little obvious, (laughs) but the... Um, RBT certification is yours. It's not your employers. It's not your supervisors. It's really your responsibility to ensure that you are knowledgeable about the requirements and that you're knowledgeable about whether you meet the requirements. And you're also responsible for completing the applications, both for your initial application and for the renewal. Uh, So secondly... And in a very similar manner, when creating your account and completing your application, make sure that your name reflects exactly what is on your government issued ID. So the reason for this is that when you take the exam, the name we send over to our exam vendor needs to match your government issued ID exactly because that's what's used to allow you in to take the exam. And so if it doesn't match, then they won't let you take the exam and you'll have to change your name in our system, which can take a few days because it requires um, that you submit a request and some supporting documentation.
0: We have had a lot of people or RBTs that use their work email addresses versus their personal right. email addresses. Can you provide some guidance on that?
1: Yeah, that's that's a really common issue that we see. Um, and it and it really becomes a problem in well, a couple of times, but it... If you don't use your personal email address for one um, if you might not be getting important emails from us and it's also much more difficult to maintain your certification because for instance if you decide to leave your company and your account is uh, connected to your work email then you won't be getting emails anymore and it becomes a lot more difficult to change your account information with us.
0: So it's recommended that you use a personal email address or at least make sure you're keeping up to date on what email address you're using Mm -hmm. so that you change it appropriately and can have access to any notifications.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. And then my last tip is that I would just encourage you to review the eligibility requirements in the handbook very carefully and make sure that you meet each requirement and have the required documents ready and complete before applying. Um, So most of these tips were really geared more towards the RBT applicant, but I think they could be pretty helpful for the RBT supervisor or the company owner where the applicant is working um, so that you can help at various points in the process. Thanks for that, Molly. A frequent
0: issue that RBTs call about is supervision. Can you talk a little bit about the topics of supervision
1: and what is on your radar in your on your team? Sure. One question that comes to mind that we receive fairly regularly um, are from applicants who want to know where to find a supervisor, how to find a supervisor. So Just a little bit of background, the RBT certification was originally designed for settings in which there's already a BCBA or a BCABA providing behavior analysis services. So, to apply to become an RBT is most likely to occur after that applicant has been employed by the organization, where they will then continue to work assisting that qualified BCBA or BCABA in their service delivery. So that's actually one of the reasons why we don't have an option in our certificate registry to find a BACB certificate that's willing to supervise RBTs. But what seems to be happening somewhat regularly is that RBT applicants are trying to get the credential first and then use that to find work, but that really isn't the intent.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: And so... In addition, an RBT is actually considered inactive, so they can't bill, they can't practice, they can't represent themselves as an RBT when they don't have a supervisor on record with a BACB. So it's for that reason we recommend applying once you've identified the setting where you'll be able to receive supervision if you become an RBT.
0: That's interesting. I didn't know that this was so commonly occurring. So the guidance here is identify the setting where you'll be working before applying Mm -hmm. so that your RBT supervisor can be easily identified at that workplace. Right. Hmm. All right. So uh, the next question that I think might be helpful uh, is related to how individuals document their supervision. You had mentioned previously that this was something that uh, you get frequent
1: questions about, so I thought maybe it could be something we cover today. Right. So we do actually have some a little bit more guidance on what needs to be documented in the RBT handbook in the ongoing supervision section, but um, how you collect that information is really up to you and your supervisor and, if applicable, the requirements coordinator. Um, So we we state what is needed but we purposely left the format of that documentation up to each supervisor to allow for flexibility in the setting and you know in case there's you already have something that's really effective in Mm -hmm. place.
0: That makes a lot of sense. So the documentation allows flexibility based on whatever setting an RBT is practicing in. So what
1: do you mean by different settings? So by setting, I mean, you might be working in a clinic, at a home, at a school, um, wherever you might be working, you might need a little bit more flexibility in that documentation system. So lastly, changing supervisors. How does that work, Molly? So this one is an easy one. Um, Last year in January 2019, uh, we actually made a really great change to make this a lot more easy where the supervisor can now go into their BACB account and just make the change. And the reason that we do that this way is that being a supervisor and a requirements coordinator is really a big responsibility. So it's for that reason that we require that it's the supervisor, the requirements coordinator doing it as opposed to the RBT.
0: Ah, that's very helpful. So to summarize the take-home points from this episode, first, the RBT handbook is now available. It includes all the information for obtaining and maintaining your RBT certification. Second, the handbook, it's going to be updated periodically. Make sure your contact information is correct in our system. The third thing is that the RBT 40-hour training, make sure your information is correct and on the correct documentation for the second edition of the RBT handbook when you submit it. Lastly, you're going to notice that Each episode of the BACB podcast includes a show notes section, which has resources in it. The show notes section for this episode has only one resource, and that is the RBT Handbook, because everything we've talked about today is neatly included as links in that handbook in one easy document. So visit the BACB website and download your copy of the new RBT Handbook today. Thank you for listening to Inside the BACB. Don't miss future episodes. Subscribe now.